Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of Hot Takes with M. I am so excited to be back. My apologies y'all. I unfortunately fell with a little sinus infection or whatever it was. But I am finally feeling better. You know, we had some really great things that happened in sports, but we had some really sad things as well. So we're going to get in here. We're going to talk about some things. And then we gonna get ready to talk about some more things next week because I'm preparing y'all for that episode too. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. But I am so thankful to be back. I am so thankful for y'all, all the support, support that you guys have shown, everything that you guys continue to do to support this podcast, sharing it, like it, subscribing. It really, really means a lot. I really appreciate it, and I'm excited to see what we're gonna do this year. But we going to just keep growing and keep seeing what those things are we're going to get into this year. But without further ado, we're really about to get into it. But with getting into it, we got to go with the sad thing that did happen in sports recently. So the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers, great game in the Super Bowl, by the way. We will talk about that shortly, momentarily. But unfortunately, when the Kansas City Chiefs went back home, Celebrate their Super Bowl win at the parade. You know, unfortunately, another mass shooting broke out, gun violence. Just want to send my prayers to all the victims, everybody that was involved, because what a scary, scary event to, you know, witness, be a part of, you know, especially just celebrating your favorite team. They won the game, and all of a sudden you hear shots break out. Somebody unfortunately lost their life. Lots of other people were wounded and injured. So we're. Praying over here for safe recovery and quick healing up of everybody and prayers to the victim who unfortunately lost her life and her family that she will forever be able to rest in peace and be known in their hearts. And it's just so sad that you can't even enjoy, you know, an event that is so joyous that you're so happy about, you know, with your favorite team and everything like that. Because... People want to, you know, bring guns and bring out and, you know, fight over stupid stuff, you know. It's just really, really sad. And especially now that we have a little bit more, you know, details and it appears that it was two juveniles. So these were kids that were involved with this shooting that was very, very tragic and incredibly unnecessary at the end of the day. It's just very, very sad, ultimately. You know, you should be able to go out to a parade, celebrate with other people, you know, other fans that are also happy and cheering and joyous, you know, and be able to go home at the end of the day, you know, leave in one piece, like the same way that you left your house, you know. But unfortunately, you know, people, they just think that guns are what, you know, what they can do and, you know, shoot when they're upset or whatever, you know, it, it seems like it was just a disagreement between the two teenagers and it resulted in somebody losing their life senselessly and for no reason. So definitely hope that justice will be served ultimately. And with more details coming out, we'll be able to learn a little bit more about everything that happened, what really led up to this. Definitely love that Kansas City has come together to show support for the victim and the other victims as well as they heal up, you know, but it's just really, really sad that somebody had to lose their life and that people had to get wounded over really stupidity at the end of the day. So, 
May the victim rest in peace. May their family be able to find some peace out of this very tragic event. And may everybody who was wounded, may they heal up and be better than ever before. But it's really, really sad. But we know that they will be able to heal up and that the victims' families will just have our prayers and our thoughts and be in our hearts. So please show love to Kansas City for right now because they really, really need it. That was our moment of silence for the victims and the victim that was lost. May they rest in peace and everybody else that was affected by it be able to heal up very, very soon. Okay. Very tough way to start the episode, so please bear with me a little bit because it's just, it's, it's, it's one of those things, so. Wow. Um, okay. So, getting into the Super Bowl, we we saw a great game that it between the 49ers and Chiefs, it even had to go into overtime. The 49ers definitely had the Chiefs number basically the entire game. You know, the entire game they had the Chiefs number, you know, Brock Purdy and them, you know, pretty much came out swinging. The 49ers defense was doing their thing, they basically were shutting down Patrick Mahomes and, you know, company. They weren't doing a whole lot in the first half. (coughs) Excuse me. They didn't do a whole lot in the first half. But, you know, basically the four hours were rolling. So we were like, wow, okay, you know, something, something a little bit different, kind of the Chiefs that we expected because of what we had been seeing throughout this entire year. But... Something changed in the second half, just like we completely expected. Excuse me one moment. Excuse me. Just like we completely expected because the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They always find a way. They always turn it on at the best moment, really, (laughs) which is the Super Bowl. They know how to show up. You know, Travis Kelsey finally started getting going because he only had one reception the entire first half, you know. Well, Pacheco was able to get going a little bit more. Patrick Mahomes got going, and then their defense really started rolling. You know, the, the basically Santa Fran basically had no answer for him. You know, they went from killing them to really, you know, starting to get slaughtered themselves. You know, and ultimately it came down to that one play, and, you know, they let Patrick Mahomes do what he's always done, give him some time to be able to do something that gets them into field goal range. Harrison Buckner for the field goal, which sends it over to overtime. They do take the ball. You know, as we saw going into the overtime game, however, they're only able to get a field goal out of that. And then Patrick Mahomes throws a game-winning touchdown. I mean, it was a great, great game. Great game. You know, great, great game. It's unfortunate somebody had to lose that one because it was a great game. Brock Purdy definitely proved that he was much more than a game manager, you know, or somebody that's just, you know, out there that could just, you know, handle a little bit of something. He was able to come back against Patrick Mahomes when the 49ers did fall down after their lead basically dissipated in the second half. 
you know, but the defense really just let them down, even though the defense had been incredible that first half. It just the defense was probably their biggest letdown that second half because they let, they let Patrick Mahomes really come back, and that's what led it up going to overtime and then, you know, obviously set the game-winning touchdown. I mean, the 49ers, you know, they've, they had to play a lot of big games ultimately to get to the big game. However, they did not show up again, albeit with a different quarterback, but they did not show up again. They had a lead again, you know, and they just weren't able to cash. They just weren't able to cash the deal. They weren't able to close the case ultimately, you know. Will they be back? Of course, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he's a wizard. Brock Purdy is quickly establishing himself as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. You know, they have Christian McCaffrey, of course. You know, whatever they do with Brandon Ayuk, you know, they do have that fifth-year player option, but it seems like there might be some cold feet about really about using it or signing him to a long-term contract there. You know, got to admit that dude's one of, the, one of their best players on the team. Definitely probably their best receiver because I think Debo is more – Debo Samuel is more of like a, a wide back. You know, he is a receiver, but he's good at being a running back, so he's kind of a dual threat type of, type of a player. But Brandon Ayuk is definitely like their wide receiver one, I would say. Um, so I would I would think you want to bring that guy back, you know, especially considering he gave you over a thousand yards over you know over five you know five six touchdowns. Matter of fact, Brandon Ayuk on the season gave them. <coughs> excuse me. Brandon Ayuk on the season gave them over a thousand yards. He had over five touchdowns. As a matter of fact, he had seven. So I would think you want to bring that type of guy back to your team because clearly he's a very valued player. Um, but it seems like maybe San Francisco might think differently. You know, they do have Trace Young. They do have to think about as well. I'm unfortunately lost Drake Greenlaw during that game, which that was a major, major loss for them because that was one of the key guys that was really stopping Patrick Mahomes. You know. Now he has an Achilles injury, so prayers up for him to be able, you know, to come back from that and be better than ever as well. But it's just really crazy how they just fell apart yet again. Uh, but I definitely do think the 49ers will be back. I mean, they do have Kyle Shanahan, like I said, but he just, it's just, I don't know, it seems like the Chiefs really are their kryptonite because they lost yet a second Super Bowl to him, Super Bowl to the Chiefs and to Patrick Mahomes. You know, kind of just gave it away. Because they just let them keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. So, yes, they had to play a lot of big games, but ultimately it does not matter if you cannot win the big game against the big dog. You know, unfortunately, that is their that is their hub. The 49ers play great all season long. They play great in the playoffs, but it's like when they get to the Super Bowl and let it be against the Chiefs, that's kind of where they fall apart. That's just where they fall apart. And it seems like it's always been like in the second half, too. You know, it just didn't have enough. Um so I think, you know, they're definitely the landscape will obviously be different. You know, free agency, you know, gets to open it here in a couple of weeks and the draft, obviously. And then, you know, the cuts that do happen after training camps and things like that. So people will be around again before we see the final rosters and things of that nature. But I think the 49ers will continue to have one of the best rosters in the league. It's just about maximizing that potential. And especially while Brock Purdy is on a pretty quarterback-friendly contract because when that man has the time to get paid, oh, he's getting paid. There's no doubt he's getting paid, and he'll be very well-deserving of that as well. Going from being the last pick of the draft to being able to lead your team to a Super Bowl, you know, after all the adversity that you faced, basically having to go through two other guys who were highly drafted, a third overall pick at that, you know, and a guy that was picked in the second round, 
you know, from you being the last pick to being the starter to leading the team to the Super Bowl, you know, may have been able to lead them there last year had you not been injured, you know, he's getting paid. So I think they need to maximize that talent ultimately while he is on that team-friendly contract because when he's not on that team-friendly contract anymore, that is going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem for him like it is with most teams that have these guys on these quarterback-friendly type of contracts or rookie contracts. That when it's time for them to get paid, they want to get paid, and rightfully so. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, rightfully so. They're very deserving of it. It's one of the top positions in the league. It is the driving force of the team. You've got to have a good quarterback or you're not going anywhere, you know. So they need to maximize all the talent they can possibly get around Bart Purdy while he is still on his rookie contract, you know, that team-friendly contract because the next one's not going to be as team-friendly. So they're going to need to figure out how to get over the hub, why they're not getting over the hub, and make it happen. But also know that Patrick Mahomes and company are not going anywhere because that's a dynasty that is quickly building. We were able to see Patrick Mahomes, you know, get yet another ring. You know, uh, Travis Kelsey continue to establish himself as maybe possibly the greatest tight end ever. You know, and we also got to see Patrick Mahomes be in that type of conversation as well. You know, that he was able to do a lot with very little. I mean, really outside of Kelsey, there really wasn't a whole lot that was going on for, you know, different parts of the season until Rasheed Rice started to come on towards the end of the season, you know. But really outside of them too, you know, everybody else was kind of really hit and miss. You know, Justin Justin Watson, you know, Marquise Vandeskatling, you know, Sky Moore, uh, Kadarius Toney, you know. It was just kind of hit and miss. And that's what really led to a lot of doubt, even on this channel, on this podcast, you know. The Chiefs don't have enough, you know, he's kind of just throwing to whoever, but it's very reminiscent of Brady when he was in, you know, New England, that he wasn't throwing really to any, you know, notable household name guys either, you know, outside of Gronkowski, <laughs> you know, and Julian Edelman, so, you know, I think that's why a lot of people have that type of comparison, but I do think Patrick has a long way to go, you know, he has to get rings, obviously, you know, play longer, so longevity-wise, you know, more, you know, individual accolades, MVPs, things of that nature. But he's definitely in that conversation, there's for sure. You know, he was able to maximize the talent around him, even though it wasn't a lot at the wide receiver position. But I definitely do think that they will go out and get somebody else. <laughs> I mean, because they, they have to. They got to get at least somebody. It doesn't have to be like a wide receiver one or anything like that, but somebody that can be a wide receiver two at least. And I think even though Travis Kelsey is a tight end, he's wide receiver one. And Rasheed Rice, you definitely have to like what he did, you know, <clears throat> going on towards, you know, really the end of the season for sure. So I definitely do think they need to go get somebody else, though, who who can kind of be that security blanket of the wide receiver position, you know. Um, but, you know, so they still have Isaiah Pacheco, so... The guy's been great. He was also a seventh-round gem fine for them, so that was great. They're able always to find their talent, really, in the later rounds, you know, and especially with having Patrick Mahomes. Even though he has a very team-friendly contract, you know, you have to be able to maximize that talent. I think they do have some really tough decisions to make about bringing Chris Jones back and Legereus Sneed and others, but I think those two are their, pretty much their main priorities. Not really sure how that's all going to work out, but I definitely do expect that Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed will definitely both be back with the Kansas City Chiefs because that tandem that they have with LeJarius Sneed and Trent McDuffie, 
top combo in the league. There, there's no doubt. Top tandem combo, whatever you want to call it, in the league. So, yeah. They're going to figure out a way. Just like they figure out a way to, you know, restructure Padres' contract that they have more money on the cap and stuff. You know, something I wish the Cowboys would do, figure out how we could, you know, restructure and do that type of stuff so we could actually maximize the talent we have, stop wasting it. But we ain't going to be doing nothing next year, so I'm, I'm already counting us out because we're not doing anything. <laughs> It'll probably be the Chiefs again, but great, great game to end the season. Definitely excited for the draft, free agency, and we definitely will be talking about that. That is no, There's no doubt about that. So getting over to the NBA, we did have the NBA trade deadline. There was a little bit of action, really no crazy names went anywhere like kind of that had been rumored. You know, they did say LeBron was going to go to Golden State as a rumor, but obviously that didn't happen. I mean, I don't think anybody really expected that to happen. But contenders did make some pretty, I would say, kind of key moves, you know, for their benches or their starting lineups, really. I uh, definitely like Buddy Hill going to the 76 so I think that's really a nice three-point threat. Uh, another score, because they need that, especially with Embiid being out right now. You know, it's, you expect him to be back at some point, but you're not really sure. And Tyrese Maxey kind of needs somebody else, and Buddy Hill can be there, because he's a microwave scorer, for sure. You know, three-point bandit, for sure. So I definitely did like that move that the 76ers did. I also like the move that the Knicks did, bringing Bogdan Bogdanovic to the Knicks. They already had a really deep rotation, you know, deep roster with Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, but he's out right now. Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo, DiVincenzo um, Jericho Sims, Precious Achua, Isaiah Hartinson. You know, they had a really, really good team. And adding, you know, Bogar Badonis, you know, going from the Pistons, obviously the Knicks, the dream, because the Knicks are on top of the world, you know. Pistons, worst in the league. So now he can kind of come in, come against the second unit, really, you know, beat up on the second unit guys because that guy was starting, you know, for the Pistons. But another microwave type of a score, you know, get high in a minute, give you a bucket when needed, and definitely can lead a second unit. So I definitely like them adding, you know, to their bench to really just deepen that roster, deepen the bench a bit. Because come playoff time, you want to have people that can come in and look for their own shot. They're not looking for somebody to set them up, you know, like a Jalen Brunson, which is their all-star. You know, Julius Randle, too, but unfortunately, like I said, he's injured, so he won't be playing in that game this year. Um, I would also say, I mean, Gordon Hayward went to the Thunder, but that was really more of a salary dub. Uh, Cali O'Lenning to the Raptors. Eh. <coughs> Excuse me. Goodness. Excuse me. The Dennis Schroeder to the Nets, I mean, the Nets are kind of just so-so this year. I mean, they still kind of trying to build a little something, so not really a whole lot to, you know, call home about with that, but, eh, it was nice, kind of low-key, um, PJ Washington, the Mavericks, that was a nice little move for them, really shore up either, really their starting lineup or their bench, you know, however they want to do it, obviously with Kyrie being back and Luka, I mean, you're going to always be in contention for the playoffs, obviously. And then Patrick Beverly to the Bucks. So this was a good move for their, for their bench unit, but the Bucks, I think, are still going to be bounced, you know, within the first two rounds. I think they made a huge mistake, you know, firing their other coach because they've not been any better or whatever they whatever they were looking for under Doc Rivers. And matter of fact, to me, they've been worse. Um, you know, and, and the record has shown they've only went like three and seven under him. So I, I'm not 
really sure about that. I mean, Patrick Beverly being back with Doc Rivers, that could be good. They, you know, they have history together. You know, Patrick Beverly, he's a hard-nosed defender. He's great. He got that dog in him. You know, he's going to play hard for you every time and do his thing. So, but as far as that really being a, you know, a needle mover, I don't really see that. I just, I don't see that for the Bucks because uh, I think their problems, you know, are much bigger than whatever they may be able to bring in and add. I just think Doc Rivers, you know, we've seen the mini flameouts that he's done at all the different locations that he's been at, Clippers, 76ers, and now with the Bucks, I don't think they're going to be any better, personally. And I think that's really going to show come playoff time because they've not been any better under him. I mean, yes, you think time we're in jail, got to learn a new coaching system and things of that nature, but still, not anything of great significance. So I don't really expect, you know, the Bucks to really make it out of the – the second round. <laughs> They're going to lose with the first two rounds. But uh, Mavericks, I do think that was a pretty significant move, but the West is just tough. Like I said, that's just a tough. That's just a tough. That's a tough. <laughs> the West is tough, you know. But Luka and Kyrie, they going to make it interesting. But, I mean, will they do anything significant? I don't know. That's hard to say. I think they're going to put up a good fight, but they're probably bouncing probably two rounds as well. The 76ers are really depending on when Joel B comes back. I mean, the East is a little bit, but the East has gotten a lot tougher than it has been, you know, previously, obviously, with Dave Lillard, Damian Lillard being on the Bucks now. The Knicks are ascending. You know, the Cavs, you know, wow, the Cavs have been on fire. One of the hottest teams in the league, you know, going into the break, you know, with Donovan Mitchell, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. I mean, you know, they've been on fire. So, you know, the Celtics, you know, them adding the piece of Chris Alperzinga, maybe that's what they were missing this entire time because – they looked pretty much at different points unstoppable, unstoppable with him on the floor. So, I mean, time will tell, obviously, but I think it's really going to be all dependent on that. Um, but, like I said, the trade deadline really wasn't all of that. I think the buyout market, you know, will be a little bit more interesting, kind of see where people, you know, end up. Spencer did when he go into the Lakers. I think that was kind of an underrated move, you know, being able to go ahead and second unit. I mean, we see him both as a starter and being able to man a bench unit, so I think just getting them under score was definitely something that was necessary, and that's going to be key for them as they really try to continue to make their playoff push, and ultimately when the playoffs come, because I don't I mean, I don't see the Lakers not making the playoffs this year, but then again, the West is tough, so anything could happen, they might have to play in, but either way, they're going to get in. But, yeah, so, that's all I had, really. Because we have the All-Star Weekend, so we're going to definitely come back next week so we can talk a little bit about what we saw during the All-Star Weekend. So, y'all can definitely drop your picks for the weekend. Who's winning the three-point contest, dunk contest, uh, who's winning the All-Star game. You know, let me know what y'all think in the comments on social media, you know, so we can talk about it. Who's winning out of Sabrina and stuff. I'm going to go with Sabrina. I'm going to say Sabrina's going to win. So... That's my pick. I mean, Steph is tough, don't get me wrong, but I definitely think that the Sabrina is going to win. That's my pick. And then I would say definitely for the skills challenge, because the skills challenge, I almost forgot about that, but the skills challenge, I'm going to say, I'm going to say team top picks is who's winning. I like Victor, I like Victor Wimbiad, I like Anthony Edwards, I like Apollo, so I'm going to go with them. No shade to anybody else. I like Trey Young and I like Tyrese as well for the Pacers. They have been 
another underrated team in the East this year. So, but that's what I'm going with. So Sabrina and team top picks so far for the three point contest. I'm going to go with, let me see y'all who y'all going with this year. Y'all going to let me know down in the comments who y'all going with, but I think who I'm going to go with is I'm going to go with Jalen Brunson. I like Jalen Brunson's game. I've been liking how he's playing. He's a really smooth operator. I like what he do. I like watching him play. So I'm going with Jalen Brunson. And then for the dunk contest, I mean, this has kind of been, you know, kind of boring, I would say, in some in some aspects these past couple of years. But who I'm going to go with is probably Max McClung, because I think he always is able to pull something out of his bag that you've not seen before, or at least that it's interesting, you know what I'm saying? But... Y'all let me know who y'all think is going to win down in the comments. I am super excited to hear about that. I'm super excited to be back. No, I coughed a little bit, but, you know, had to get a little bit warm because when you start talking and stuff like that, that's <laughs> that's what happened. But I am so excited that y'all listed and like, share, and comment that y'all check out what I have going on every single week. So I appreciate y'all. I am incredibly humbled and thankful. So thank you all. For everything that you do and continue to do. I love y'all. Y'all take care. I'm going to see y'all in the next one. Peace.